0: Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 46 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. And before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners. And to you, the listener, you make this ministry possible. And I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person. In every possible nation. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to break free from the chains of shame. So why is it so important to break free from shame? Because shame makes people believe they are worthless, having no value to others and even to God. Shame makes people feel flawed, undeserving, and never good enough. Shame causes people to fear not being able to measure up or please the very people whose love, respect, and approval they desire most. Shame causes people to live in fear of being rejected by those they admire. And often, shame will manifest itself through low self-esteem and depression. People even feel shame over things that were not even their fault, things that they did not have any control over. You see, shame is such an evil taskmaster because it makes us feel not just unqualified, But disqualified, it's one thing to feel like that you're inadequate or that you're not capable, you're unqualified. Because if you only feel unqualified, you know with the proper training, education, you can learn to do anything. However, disqualified is an even more difficult feeling to deal with. It has the idea of you once were qualified. You once were eligible, but now you're no longer fit. Having once been able to do something, but now because of some event, you are no longer able to do what you could. Shame leads to these feelings, not just unqualified, but disqualified. So people live their lives saying, I wish I could do this. I feel to do this, but I can't because... I'm no longer qualified. I'm disqualified. That's a terrible burden to bear. To think that you could deal with something for so long that you no longer feel like that you can have a voice or that you can take action in a matter because of something that you've endured. This is the result of shame. I have seen people that have gone through things, certainly not even sinful things like mourning or grieving or dealing with depressions and different emotional struggles, and they deal with it for a long time, and they feel like, well, I should have already got through this, and so they begin to feel shame. Shame come on them or I have seen people that were abused whether they were young or middle age or even abused as an adult whether it's physically or sexually or mentally and I've seen these people carry this weight on them so long that they think well I should be better now but I'm not it's okay to just admit I'm not better but I'm working on it. Shame doesn't allow us to work on it. Shame comes in and says you should have already been better. You're not better. And so that means you are unqualified or disqualified. So we need to deal with shame because shame is condemning people far too often. You see, as Christians, we are taught how to deal with sin and guilt. We are taught that the word of God tells us in First John chapter 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're taught that if we repent, God forgives us. And we focus a lot of teaching around that, as we should, so that we understand that when we are guilty, we can come before God, repent, make things right, and He forgives us. However, we do not spend adequate time teaching on how to overcome shame. Between God forgiving us and us forgiving ourselves, the enemy wages a war against us with his weapons of condemnation and shame. Shame is different than sin and guilt. Guilt is connected to our actions, while shame connects itself. To our identity. Shame is connected to what you believe about yourself. That's why, in order to overcome shame, we must begin to see ourselves differently. We have to begin to see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us. It was the strategy the serpent used in the garden. In Genesis chapter 3, Eve was tempted by the serpent to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and when she saw that it was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and ate it and then took it back to her husband, and he did eat. And their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons in the attempt to hide themselves. And the Bible tells us they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, why would they do that? Why would they hide themselves? Shame is has found its way into God's first created humans. The Lord God called Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. They covered themselves and hid from the very presence of the Lord because they recognized that they were naked. Shame caused them to hide from God. Sin exposed them. Shame condemned them. It was not just sin that held Adam and Eve. It was shame. God said to them, who told you you were naked? God first dealt with their nakedness, their shame. God clothed them with the skin of an animal. He covered them. Before Adam and Eve could begin the process of coming back to God, making things right with God, they had to deal with their shame. And the Lord dealt with it by providing them covering. The strategy the enemy has not changed. He still uses shame to cause us to hide from God or hide from the things of God or hide from the people that we need in our lives. We feel this shame when God is saying, I want to cover that shame. And by that, create in you a new identity that does not associate with the pain or does not associate with the past, does not associate yourselves with the abuse or the fears, but now can associate yourself with Jesus. Now we get to the place that we understand the strategy of the enemy from the very beginning was to condemn man with shame. Yes, sin still exposes us, but shame condemns us, and there are are holy ghost filled people that are living their lives under the weight of condemnation called shame and God saying you're carrying a weight that you were never intended to carry you are carrying the identity of something that God saying I want to change that I want to remove that I want to give you strength for fear beauty for those ashes. Joy for your shame. So now that we have identified the strategy of Satan to use shame from the first man all the way to us, how does God deal with this? If we can figure that out, we can start the process of learning how to break free from the chains of shame. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter number four and verse number 15, for we have not a high priest Which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Now, it's comforting to know that Jesus was tempted like we are. It's comforting to know that the Lord can relate to us. And I read that verse and I go, oh, it feels so good that we have a high priest who cares, who feels, who was tempted. But when I get to the last part of that verse and I read yet without sin, all of a sudden I, I can't relate to that. I can relate to the being tempted, but I cannot relate to the yet without sin. And so I want to know, how does Jesus really know how I feel? I've been tempted, but I didn't always overcome. So how does Jesus know how I feel? Well, this will play into how he is going to help us overcome shame. We can take comfort in the fact that he cares. We can take comfort in the fact that he was tempted, but we also can take comfort in the fact that he can relate to us. Even though he never sinned, he has felt the emotion of sin, and the emotion of sin is shame. When sin exposed Adam and Eve, Shame come in to condemn them. And so the Lord experienced the shame that we feel so that he could know how we feel. So how did Jesus feel the shame so that he could relate to Adam and Eve and to us? The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, that's important, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Isaiah declared that his visage, his looks, his outward appearance was more marred than any man. That public beating and the mocking of the cross, the being lifted up on the cross on the heel for all to see, the sign placed upon the top of the cross, King of the Jews, it told everyone their transgressions, but here used as mocking. What we must understand is every aspect of the cross was about shame. The Romans made the cross not just to take the life of the person, But the cross was intended for shame. They would walk by and see them lifted up. There is also something that we must understand. It may make you feel uncomfortable to hear. It may be somewhat uncomfortable to talk about. But that sanitized portrayals of Jesus on the cross that we see in pictures, that is not really how he looked. It was common in Roman times for them to strip the person that was being crucified of all their clothing so that they could strip them of their dignity and hang them up that they could live their last moments in shame. Jesus was no different. This would have been incredibly shameful for Jesus. Thousands of onlookers walking by. Jesus openly exposed on the cross finally could say, this is how Adam felt and could look forward at us and say, oh, this is how they will feel. And though he knew no sin, he felt the emotion of shame upon him. He felt exposed just as Adam did, and he feels uh, exposed just as you do. And because the second Adam, Jesus, in that moment could experience what it felt like for Adam to want to hide, and he feels what it's like for you to want to hide when the chains of shame come upon you, so I can say confidently, yes, Jesus knows how you feel. He endured the shame so that you could live in his joy. People have experienced so many trials and struggles that have caused them so much pain and shame, but God wants to turn your shame into joy. I want to give you a few tips on breaking free from the chains of shame. First, you need to replace shame-filled thoughts with the hope-filled truths of the word of God. You need to get you a regiment of scriptures that talk about the peace of God, the love of God, the transforming power of God, how he took the things that you were and then made you free from those things so that you can look at them every time you begin to feel the shame rise upon you. And replace those shame-filled thoughts with the hope-filled truths of the Word of God. Second, you need to believe who God says you are. In other words, what voice are you listening to? Are you listening to your own voice? Are you listening to the voice of others? Are you listening to the enemy's voice? Or are you listening to God's voice? Who are you allowing to say who you are? The voice that says you're worthless. The voice that says you will always be broken. The voice that says you deserve to be abused. The voice that condemns. Why does it matter what voice you're listening to? Because the voice that you allow to speak into your life will control how you view your life. Because the voice that speaks hurtful and harmful things about you is not God. That's not how God sees you. It's not how God will speak to you. The voice you listen to matters. Years ago, a friend of mine told me that He was struggling with getting a glimpse of how God saw himself. He was only seeing himself as a failure and weak. And he went into a time of extended prayer and fasting. And he told me that the Lord spoke to his heart and told him, get up and look in the mirror. And when he got up to look in the mirror, he did not really want to look because he didn't want to see the man that he felt he was. But when he got to the place that he could open his eyes and look into the mirror, the man he saw staring back at him in the mirror was a warrior covered in armor. And when he saw that, the Lord spoke to his spirit and said, you see yourself as weak, but I see you as mighty. And the enemy will see you as I see you. So it's time for you to begin to see yourself the way God sees you. You must Start believing who God says you are. And for a deeper dive on the subject of how does God see us, I recommend episode number three of the Building Great Lives podcast, Seeing Yourself Through the Eyes of God. I promise you it'll help you begin to see yourself as God sees you rather than the way you see yourself. And third, not just forgiven covered this will preach salvation isn't just the forgiving of the inner man it is a covering to the whole man and this theme of God covering his people runs throughout scripture God covered Adam and Eve Genesis three twenty one. unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them The psalmist wrote, those who seek him are covered under his wings. Psalms 91 and 4 said, he shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. In Zechariah, he clothes the high priest in clean robes, even as Satan accuses him before God's throne. The high priest Joshua represents Jerusalem in this text. And he says in Zechariah chapter number three, verses one through four, verse four tells the main part of the story. The Lord said, take away the filthy garment from him and clothe him with a change of raiment. And the prodigal son in Luke 15, verses 22 and 24, but the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. God covers our shame with his grace. We no longer have to stand in our own shame, but we can live in his joy because God does more than forgive the inner man. He covers the whole man. You are not what you used to be. You are not what you went through. Your identity is not your pain, for you have been covered by his blood, covered by his grace, redeemed for a purpose. You are who God says you are. You are not the person that has to live in shame For there is an anointing on you that wants to shine through. Number four, we must learn to be kind and compassionate to ourselves. This may seem like an odd statement in today's self consumed society, but for those that live with shame, it carries a deep meaning. Most people living under the weight of shame are compassionate toward others while being overbearing on themselves. The people that are living under the heavy weight of shame place unobtainable expectations on themselves. If I can just be perfect, I won't feel shame. There are some things that are unattainable in this life, We must understand that compassion is not just something that we give to others. But There comes a moment that we must learn to be compassionate toward ourselves. Listener, I'm thankful that you're compassionate toward others. Don't stop being that way. But you also have to learn to be compassionate and forgiving towards yourself. The word of the Lord says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God is wanting to cover you so that you can walk in his joy and not under the weight of shame. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that you will walk in the anointing of God's calling on your life, not under the weight of shame, not chained to shame, but walking in the liberty of his redemption and joy. God, I'm asking you to help each listener. Let each one of them see themselves as you see them. Not how they have seen themselves or not how they even feel about themselves, but let them see themselves through your forgiveness, not through the lens of their hurt and disappointments, not through the lens of abuse or depression. Let them see themselves through your eyes. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend. Maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum, on Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions.